Welcome to another Acoustic Alternatives podcast. I'm John Bomarito, broadcasting from Grove Studios in Ypsilanti, a fantastic place. If you're looking for a place to rent, to do uh, some practicing, maybe record a video or a podcast such as this, check out Grove Studios online and uh, very reasonable rates available 24-7 and a keypad operation that uh, you can be at any time. And, and Al Bettis, my guest, might actually be using it for a future video. Hello, Al. Yeah, good to hey, meet you. How you doing? How you doing? Good to meet you in person. Yeah, <laughs> we've been chatting online for a while now, and uh, we, we never actually met. We've got lots of mutual friends. We are yeah. talking about our mutual friends before we, uh, we went on here. But yeah, uh, yeah. it's good to actually have you in front of me. And yeah. I loved what I heard during soundcheck. And in fact, before I even bother getting into any questions, yeah. sing for me, please, will you? Sing what, a song. What would you like to sing to start off with? Um, well, I, you know what? The song that I, um, I'm going to record on uh, Sunday, you know, it's a live video. Uh, it's a newer song that I've written. Uh, it's called Holding On. And um, it's like one of those little quiet, gentle songs that I like. And that's kind of like my style of writing. But um, it's it's a it's a, it's a, like a, about a relationship and just kind of uh, coming to that conclusion. I, I used to be like the head in the clouds kind of guy. <laughs> I still am, actually. I can't lie. I'm like the notebook romantic type <laughs> thing. Um, but I'm realizing that uh, there's a lot of work that goes into relationships. And and this, um, this song is kind of just about, you know, I'm holding on to you and you're holding on to me. And that way we can kind of make it, you know. Um, you know, and sometimes you may hold a little tighter than I do, and may, maybe sometimes I'm picking up the slack. So it, it's kind of about that. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll see if we can make that happen here. <laughs> Al Bettis unmasked yeah. in the Acoustic Alternatives studio, with, Grove Studios. With... So this song is called Holding On. drives, long nights, high tides, good vibes, and it all made sense from the moment we kissed. We talk and finish each other's sentences, and I never known true love till the day I met you, loved you. Give me something I'm never had and I'll keep holding on I'll keep holding on to you 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 keep on holding me too yeah holding on to you 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 keep on holding me too yeah. We fight, then make up, argue, then make love. We smile, we frown, but the sun never goes down. We talk, we listen to each other's differences. You make it oh so easy. And now I can see that you give me something I never had, and I'll keep holding on. I'll keep holding on to you. You, you keep on holding me too. Yeah. 
holding on to you. You, you keep on holding me to. Give me something I've never had And I'll keep holding on to you That's a brand new and beautiful there from Al Bettis. Thank um, you. Acoustic Alternatives, soon to be a video recorded live. Yeah. Google, looks like anyway. Will yeah. that be with your trio? That will be with a little more than the trio. It's, uh, um, it's me... Uh, on guitar and vocals, there will be two background vocals. There will be uh, keys present. There will be bass guitar and percussion. Nice. So it's pretty full. And uh, actually, we were supposed to have a little electric guitar too. Adam uh, Plumeridis was oh. going to join us, but he's he's double booked. So, oh. So well. yeah. So you know, it's there'll be different versions. You know. So this is just uh, I like to do some live videos. It, it just kind of gives me that opportunity to feel like I'm performing live. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, just in the time period we're in, it's just kind of hard to get that feeling. So that's why, that's why I like doing that. Well, I look forward to seeing it no matter what. And, yeah. Uh, you're a product of this very rich Detroit music scene, though a very late bloomer. Yes. Tell me a little bit about your journey before you started actually making music. Oh, man. Um, before music? Before music. Before music um, was pretty much, you know, what you're told to do. You go to school, you get your diploma then you go to college you get your degree and then and then you work and in between all that and proceeding that was um a lot you know i don't think i've had the uh the typical upbringing my um um a lot of the stuff that I, that you hear is 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 because of my childhood really so my um uh, my mother i was raised with my grandparents first of all um my mother she uh she she was a drug addict she had a drug addiction mm. and um i lost her um, when I was about 20 years old, I'm sorry. um, yeah, that was kind of a, a really rough, uh, thing to happen. Um, uh, but, uh, kind of just, you know, you roll with the punches, right? Um, uh, my father, uh, he actually, uh, he's doing really well now. He's a, he's a drug counselor, but prior to this, he actually went to prison. And, um, so when I was about one, one and a half, my dad went to prison and he was gone my entire childhood. Mm. Like I, I, got you know to see him outside of the prison gates when i was uh getting ready to graduate high school wow yeah that's so, a long time without him yeah it was a long time and um you know it's not i don't want to be like the sad sack but the, those those things that that um happened in my life they kind of brought me here so you know those things happened. i was raised by my grandparents uh because the social social services wanted to take me because of the situation I was in with my mother. Mm -hmm. uh, so they raised me um, and I, I, I loved my grandfather. I lost my grandfather early as well. It was probably about in the seventh grade. And that just left my grandmother. You know, mm -hmm. she was there. She, she raised me and she got me almost all the way there. She passed away uh, my senior year in high school. Oh. So I kind of, uh, from the age of 17, man, I've just been kind of on this journey to find out who I am and why everything, you know, happened the way it happened. And, and, uh, so when you say prior to music, there's a lot prior to music. We've had to book this like two hours. <laughs> Quite a few bumps along the way. It yeah. It's, like. it's, yeah. you know, um, it all, you know, looking back on it now I can see it. You know, I, I, I my stepmother, my, um, uh, dad's wife she's also a counselor and we were having a conversation and she said you know 
everything that you're the goals that you have are um, a result of your childhood. You know, you want to you want that loving family, you know, because you didn't have it. You want to see your you want to be as involved in your daughter's life as you can be because you didn't have it. And so it's just all those things. And and, and it's kind of what I write about. So <laughs> and you're an extremely well adjusted individual, considering the things you've been through. You, you know, you, you you roll with the punches, you do what uh-huh. you can do. They leave a lot of bruises. They yeah. leave a lot of, uh, you know, things that you have to deal with when you get older. You know, well, and not everybody comes out as, as strong as you did. So yeah. pat on the back. No, right. Come across the table. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty awesome story. Yeah. So then along the way, mm-hmm. your love of music, which must have developed long before 30. I mean, you didn't just yeah. suddenly, suddenly decide you loved music. You know, I was, I was thinking about this today because I said, you know, what will I talk about? Because we don't have any set questions, right? No, of course not. <laughs> it's a conversation. Yeah. So for me, um, music, I've always loved music. And I typically do say that I started music at the age of 30. And then when I look back to the today, preparing for this interview, I said, I really shouldn't say that because music has always been there. Like it's, it's always been a love of mine. My earliest memory of music, my earliest memory involves music. You know, it's like, wow, what was that? I, I remember sitting at a table in my mother's home and you know there was rough times where we didn't have food we didn't have electricity we didn't have these things and this morning for some reason the sun was shining so bright through the window in the kitchen uh she was cooking something and the radio was playing this song by um the clark sisters and i every time i hear that song that memory is just right there i could see myself sitting at that table looking out and so every uh every like those childhood memories are like attached to like music i remember walking on the east side of detroit and there was a blues store and it had a speaker outside and it just constantly bumped the blues Mm. and um i didn't know anything about the blues i just know i liked it and it felt good and you know my uh, family members they would play cards and they'd play the blues and um you know even earlier my dad having conversations with him he says you know when you were in your mother's womb I played jazz to you. Mm. And I said, oh, okay. You know, I, (laughs) I never, I was never a jazz, you know, person per se. And the more that my journey in the music, it's like, I'm, I'm sounding more and gravitating more towards this, this sound that's infused with jazz. But, um, I used to sing as a kid and I remember my mother's sister, my aunt, she would always ask me uh, to sing a song. And so I'd sing something, you know, and everybody wanted to be Michael Jackson, right? So, oh, yeah. you know, you're doing the dance moves and everything. And I remember um, getting to a certain age and there was a one memory. This lady said, uh, I was sitting with my grandmother and I was preparing for like a, a talent show and I wanted to sing a song. And I don't, I don't even remember if I went through with it, <laughs> but uh, I remember walking over to this person and I think she was a relative of ours. And uh, I said, hey, I'm, I'm going to sing, you know, at this talent show, you know, would you uh, would you like to hear it? And she looked at me and she said, I don't like to hear kids sing. <laughs> Very encouraging. <laughs> just took the took the air out. Right. So I said, OK, so that made me feel bad. And then uh, there was another memory where um, I think I was like trying to sing. There was like this Tevin, when when Tevin Campbell came out, he was on this album. And I think that I can't remember the bridge. Yes. Yeah. So, Don't try uh, to pass me. <laughs> so I was trying to, you know, I was singing and I, ha- I had a really high pitched voice. Um, so much so like when my dad, he'd call home from where he was and I'd say, hello, 
he go, he says, man, what's, uh, you know, so he says to my owner, hey, go check on my son. Is he okay? Like his voice is really high, you know? And uh, so we got, they, yeah, toughen him up now, you know, and <laughs> one of those things. But I had this high voice mm-hmm. and um, my, uh, I had someone make fun of me. They were like, hi, you sound like Tevin Campbell, you know? And Tevin Campbell, that's a record contract to you. Yeah, that, that would have been a good response. But yeah. at the time it was like, I don't sound like Tevin Campbell. My voice is lower, you know? <laughs> and I just eventually just, I never sung. I just never sung. I just mm. locked it away. And it was years that went by, you know, and I was uh, literally, I was on my, my 30th birthday. I had a, oh, I had a guitar. I worked at Volkswagen as a uh, IT tech. And there was a guy who had, he just came out one day. I think he was like in a server room or network room. And he said, I have a guitar that I want to sell. And I was like, I'll buy it. I don't know. So I bought this guitar and um, I took a lesson and it killed my fingers. And I was like, screw this. I'm not playing guitar. I put it back up and uh, I just sat it away. And I don't even know how long that thing sat. It it was years, like a long time. And I was on my my 30th birthday. I was I had was bored. Um, I was married at the time. My wife was gone. And I was just laying there on the couch and I was like, I don't know, I'm bored. And I worked at Chrysler and we were on shutdown. Mm-hmm. So I had nothing to do. So I was just sitting there and I said, let me go get this guitar. Like, you know, I'm just going to go get it. And I grabbed the guitar and I wrote a song, like with those two chords that I knew, whatever, it was like E minor and whatever else I could do two fingers with, you know? And it was just literally me, me going back and forth with those, you know, two chords, just doing something. And at the time I was involved in church and there's a whole spiritual thing that I think took place before this, um, where we were we were we would fast every week, like one day, and I was fasting and I was doing spoken word. I thought, all right, because that's what I wanted to use the guitar for. I wanted sure. to mix it with some like spoken word. Gil Scott Heron stuff. Yeah, I thought that would be cool. Yeah. So I was writing all these poems. Right, I got my heart broken, and so I started writing poetry, <laughs> and so I was writing all these poems. And uh, all of a sudden, those like those poems just start transitioning. And I had this this guy It's going to sound crazy, but I had this conversation with this God that I that I that I know. And I said, uh, you know, you're, you're turning these in the songs, but I can't play an instrument. What am I going to do with a song? So I would start these poems and it would it would have the cadence of a poem. And then I would sing like a chorus. And I was like, this, I don't know what I'm going to do with this stuff. And later on. Not too even not too long from that point, I started writing songs, and I've never stopped. You know, um, the only but it's also been the moment of my greatest challenge. My greatest challenges came when I picked up a guitar because that anxiety. I thought like, oh, at first I was excited, and I went to my pastor and I said, I wrote this song. You're not gonna believe it, and he was like, okay, let me hear it, and my hands were shaking. They were shaking so much I couldn't play. And I couldn't get out a single note. I was trying my best and I just couldn't. And that day began the greatest fight <laughs> that I've ever had to fight. So wow. that is my story in a nutshell. There are many more chapters, many more, you know, things, uh, nuances. But yeah. <laughs> Bottom line is you got a gift. You were given a gift and you're using it. I, I believe so. And I and um it's 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 challenging some it's challenging a lot, you know, but it's also fun yeah. and it's also rewarding. So talk about some of the cool things that have happened because of it but how about another song okay yeah um well i think i'll do uh um 
maybe this song called Gray Skies. Oh, I love this one. I was actually listening to this one on the way over. <laughs> this is Albedis on Acoustic Alternatives. Gray Skies is a song that I wrote uh, after my divorce. I was married for 10 years. And um, again, the, the, I never saw a divorce in my future. I, <laughs> I wanted That's to. Why we get married? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to, and 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 you know, the church always told me, God hates divorce. You know, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Um, but we did, and uh, after ten years and one daughter, and I entered this period of, um, uh, I don't want to say depression or, or anything like that. Even though it was a little present, it was, but it was a lot of reflecting, and there's something that happens in that time period where you. You know, you start thinking, oh, man, you know, maybe I'm never going to really find that thing that I'm looking for, you know. And Grace Guys is kind of about finding that that thing you're looking for uh, in the middle of the trials or after the trials, you know. So people say, why is it called Grace Guys? And it should be like sunny days or something. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it just went with it. So um, this is Grace Guys. And it goes like this. There's another cool song about a uh, story about gray skies after this, <laughs> but uh, it goes like this. tight i can tell when you breathe feel your heartbeat beating on me and it seems like forever when you're away so i thank my lucky stars for the day you came and you wipe my tears away and now that no more gray skies over my head now the sun is breaking through and it's all because of you now that no more gray skies over my head now the sun's breaking through and it's all because of you like a blur moving so fast and we both pray that we can withstand the fray but it feels like heaven when i'm with you arms wrapped so tight i can tell when you breathe feel your heartbeat beating on me and it seems like forever when you're away so i thank my lucky stars for the day you came and you wipe my tears away and now that no more gray skies over my head now the sun is breaking through and it's all because of you now that no more gray skies over my head now the sun is breaking through and it's all because of you yeah i feel your heart pulling on me yeah 
just like a puppet you hold strings yeah i am all yours do what you want with me because when i'm with you i see things clearly and i'm bad when you're near me no more gray skies over my head now the sun is breaking through and it's all because of you now that no more gray skies over my head now the sun is breaking through and it's all because it's all because of you there's no more gray skies over my head now the sun is breaking through and it's all because of you stuff from Al Bettis. You can find that on his debut EP that came out in 2019, yeah. The Listening Sessions, and yes. that's the lead track on there, and so yeah. glad you played that one. <laughs> Tell, so what's the what's the rest of the story on that one? Oh, man, Gray Skies. Gray Skies. So <laughs> I went to uh, uh, Nam. Mm-hmm. My friend, he's he talks me into going to Nam, and he was like, you know, it's going to be the greatest thing that ever happened to you. I feel it. I said, okay. So we went out to uh, California. It was my percussionist, actually. So we went out to California and um, Jarrell paid for me and everything because I was like in this transitional period. And I get out there and Nam is like superstar. Superstars everywhere. Everybody can play. Everybody can sing. Everybody can do whatever, whatever to the top of top level, right? It's National Association of <sighs> Music. I can't remember that Something, last. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge deal. So I mean, I mean, it's nothing you could see John Mayer walking past, you could see whoever. Um, and there's like he's I I, I don't want to use this term, I, hot doggers, right? They know what they're doing. They go out there and they're like, I'm gonna get an endorsement with that company. Right. And so they they'll play. I mean, just Flashy. circles, right? Yeah. That's never been my mo. I'm, I, I think I, I kind of emote, and if I can connect with you with the song, you know, that's what happens. I'm, um, there's nothing flashy <laughs> that's really happening with with what I'm doing, and uh, needless to say, it was like for self confidence, a boom, right? <laughs> Um, and so we come home from LA and nothing amazing happened, nothing at all. So he says, Hey, Nam, this summer we're going. I said, I don't think it's for me. I don't think it's for me. And we went anyway, my bass, my bass player, he can do that. This guy is, he knows music theory. He knows, I mean, without even knowing it. Right. And he can just play with anybody. Hmm. Soon as we get there to Nam in the summer in Nashville, he just grabs a bass, goes to town, and the, and the company says, we're going to give you an endorsement. And we were only there for like 10 minutes. <laughs> so, you know, while I'm happy for him, I'm like right back where I was in L.A. I'm like, where where do I fit in right. into, God, you gave me this gift, right? I believe you gave it to me, but why can't I connect with, you know, any anybody, you know, the way that I want to, the way I see other people, Right. And uh, so I'm walking around, I left there and I'm walking around Nam, and I'm watching the singer songwriters playing the guitar. I'm listening to the songs and I work my way up to Taylor guitars. This is um, uh, the guitar I have right now is a Taylor guitar. So yeah, this is the GT Ash is like a new model here. So I I walk my way up to Taylor guitars and oh, that didn't make me feel any better. There's like guitarists everywhere. And actually at the time they're following some guy around with a camera. And I'm like, oh, he must be famous, you know? So they're like p- following him around. He's picking up guitars and talking. And so I grabbed a guitar off the shelf, like, uh, cause I have a seven series at home. 
So I grabbed their new model like that was like a seven series. So I sat down and I started playing Gray Skies. I was just playing it, you know, and I was just and I was sitting in my own little corner and I just start <laughs> singing the song. And as I'm doing that, uh, in walks my percussionist and my bass player. And they're like, hey, we can hear you all the way down the hall. And I was like, how? And I was like, man, these these, these uh, acoustics in here are just great. Right. And as I'm playing the song, I just start singing over my head now. The sun's breaking through. And the guy with the camera pans around. And then, so I know I know enough to know when an opportunity is there. So I said, keep playing. <laughs> so I kept playing the song and I'm singing it. And he, he recorded the whole song. And then he sat down with me and he interviewed me and he said, hey, I'm from Taylor Guitar. I'm one of the reps uh, or I work with them. And his, his name was Gabriel. He said, can I put this on the Taylor Guitar site? I said, sure. So they put it on their blog site and all these people start commenting. Oh, we, oh, who is this guy? That's a great song. And um, it turned into some kind of a relationship with Taylor Guitar. I, nice. I'm not an endorsed, you know, uh, artist, but, um, you know, like this is their brand new model, you know, and this is uh, something they just sent to me. And I just and it was like right on time. I was like, sweet, because I, I need to put my other one in the shop. So yeah, nice. so that's you know, that's that story of Grace Guys, like this random time. Where I just felt like crap, like I didn't fit, and I'm in the guitar mecca where everybody can play guitar circles around me, and sing. There was one guy there sound just like Chris Stapleton, no lie. Yeah. And but this opportunity, like God just dropped it there. Like I didn't know, like there was no audible voice that said pick up the guitar and play Gray Skies. It was just like. I don't know what ordered those steps, right? They talk about that, but my steps walked all the way from this other area <laughs> up the steps into Taylor Guitar at the right time yep. to start building a relationship with this huge guitar company. That's cool. You know, so I ended up doing a. Um, they had they have a song called "I Know What Love Is," and I ended up like singing like on the background. There's a ton of artists though. Mm -hmm. There's like 50, 60 artists, and Jason Mraz. Um, KT Tunstyle, uh, Zach Brown are some of the major names. And they, it's like a song for COVID, like artist relief. And uh, I got to be on this song. And wow. and like one of my like huge, like uh, people that I look up to in terms of music when I first started playing was Jason Mraz. Nice. And so I'm like, right, I'm like, oh my God, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so Jason, you yeah. just never know. I don't even know why. Maybe somebody's listening to this and I don't know, they'll say they might be wanting to give up. Don't give up. Don't don't give up. <laughs> that's a great story. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to tell that. I didn't mean to tell that, but yeah. Oh, well, yeah. that's good. So, yeah. You're gonna get there eventually, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I want to back up just a little bit to that uh, that late start of yours, and I think yeah. I think I was as a, I was giving that some thought. Mm -hmm. There's an advantage to you being a late starter and having the wisdom of way more music behind you. Yeah. Than most people who pick up the guitar at 16 yeah. and start trying to write songs. You got. 30 years of absorbing great music from all over the world yeah. before you started writing serious songs. I've never looked at it that way. I've always looked at it like it was a handicap. Like, why didn't you start me earlier? Because during all that time when I had nothing to do, I would have been playing and, and working out my chops, you know, when I talked to guitarists like Adam, mm -hmm. you know, and it'll be sick. I'll say, how did you do that? And then he'll say, well, yeah, man, just keep practicing. I've been playing since I was like seven or something. Right. I'm like, holy man. Or like, you know, Trey Simon. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Right. And I'm like, how did you do that? He's like, man, I've been playing forever. I haven't been through all this. So right. I, sometimes I feel like it's a handicap. Um, 
And that's the first time that I, I honestly can say that I looked at it differently when you just said that. Well, think about it, though. At 16, what had you absorbed musically? Not a lot, right? Not a lot. Uh, none of the stuff that inspires Jason me. Jason Mraz wasn't yeah, around when you not, were 16. None of the stuff that inspired me. No. Right. So, I mean, that's that's a one way to look at it. Your website name checks some pretty cool names. Jason's yeah. in there. You yeah. Ed Sheeran, who yeah. Yeah. You know, certainly has got a distinct yeah. guitar style. But yes. then Otis Redding and Al Green, which is probably yes. more what you were hearing growing up. I was hearing that growing up and, and even deeper blues you know i used my grandmother had an eight track mm -hmm. i'd be popping in muddy waters and you know bb king. king you know yeah, yeah stuff sense. like that yeah yeah well i mean you you have your own distinct sound i, I suppose if somebody wanted to classify it, neo soul is probably the tag they would throw at you i don't I know have maybe no idea you know it's uh, just you yeah it's just it's just me i do think that there is if you had to i don't know if it's a genre but there is like a a circle that I see that is intersect, like a um, little bit of jazz, a mm -hmm. little bit of neo soul, a little bit of uh, uh, Americana, a little bit of like, it's like this circle. And I'm crossing a little bit into, into all of that. And I think I sound one way when you hear me alone. Mm -hmm. And then when, but when you hear my percussionists, yeah, yeah. you know, playing these, these African themed, you know, rhythms. And then you hear um, my bass guitarist playing clearly like this. He's from a church background. So there's like that that church vibe and that soul there mm -hmm. and that that jazz. And then the keys player is straight jazz. He is just, you know, so it just comes together and it makes something. <laughs> I don't it's, know what that really, is. It's nice. You know, I like your sound. That's why you're here, because I like yeah, your sound. Thank, I, thank I want you. people to hear it. So check out the, the CD or find it online as yeah. your own favorite way of listening to music. Yes. And, listening sessions yeah. what did you want to be as a kid i mean if this wasn't your your goal as a 16 year old back to 16 year old what, it, what did you want to be uh i you know kids want to be so many different things but the one notable thing i wanted to be a track star really? <laughs> yeah i fell in love with track and field when i was young and i ran through high school mm -hmm. and uh my goal was to um get a scholarship and, and get my way down south. Um, I wanted to run for TSU mm. and uh, that didn't happen. Um, I, I was I was fairly decent at running track, but I was I see I ran into the same problem that I run into with music. And it's in it's in my mind. There's like this this constant battle of uh, you're not good enough. You're not this, you're not that, you know, it was the same, the same thing that causes anxiety when I'm playing the strings is the same thing that caused anxiety when I was on that line, that starting line. Mm -hmm. um, and I've, I'm just now seeing the correlation between that and going, okay, all right, how do I break that? And I've gotten to the point where I can play and and you may not notice that I'm nervous, but I want, I want to get to a place where I really, I've, I'm free, you know, mm -hmm. where I'm free to really... Um, just absorb what's going on and express myself, you know, which I haven't quite got there yet. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a learning path, you know, just keep taking steps and, uh, and you're on a journey. Yeah. Journey's I, not over yet. I, I did a, um, I did a, uh, a, a show at the soundboard. I got to open for uh, Michael McDonald. You're leading me into my next question. Oh, go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to ask you about some highlights from your career other than the Nashville NAM sessions. Yes. So this is one of them. I'm sure. Yeah, this is one of them. Um, you know, he was playing guitar at the time and I had always saw him between, you know, behind the keys and the guy was so humble too. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was, when he first walked up to, he was like in casual clothes and he was doing a sound check and I almost like looked right past him because he was that regular just guy. regular and he, he, he stopped 
hey, how you doing? And I was like, hey, that was Michael McDonald, wasn't it? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh. Speaking <laughs> voice is very different than a singing yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah. So um, he, I, I remember talking, asking a question about the guitar, and he said, you know, he just picked up, he picked up music knowledge as he went along from other artists. And, you know, I that's, again, that handicap. I always go, man, I'm 30 right now. When I started, I'm 42 now. I'm going to be 43. And I'm like, man, uh, I got to get around some artists then real soon so I can start picking up some stuff because I'm getting older, you know. <laughs> but uh, that was a that was just a really cool experience just to talk to someone and hear that little piece of of information that, hey, you're constantly growing. You're constantly growing. You'll pick something up here. You'll pick something up there. And it's just a lifelong journey, I guess. How did his audience respond to you at Soundboard when you did that? It show? was really cool. Like, yeah, so I, <laughs> I had I had opened up with uh, I think it was like a, a version of um, what did I, I opened up with the uh, sitting in the morning sun, like uh, like that, and the crowd just went, ah, you know, and I was like, oh, and I, I remember looking back at my my trio, we're on this huge stage and it's just us three, and I was like. Oh, this is gonna be crazy! <laughs> you and, get their uh, sweet spot right off the bat. Yeah, it was it was definitely fun, and uh, it led into um, another opening for Dion Warwick. I was gonna ask about that. That that audience, they bought so much merch oh, at that yeah, one. Great. That was that was really cool, and I wanted. I think the big the big highlight from that show, I was scared to talk to Dion, so <laughs> I just I was just terrified. So when she when she did her sound check. I just moved over to the side <laughs> and I let her go on past my bass guitarist. He was like, nope, I got to get a picture. And I was like, don't take a picture with Dion. And he was like, nope. And so she did. She took the picture. And um, then when she was doing her show, I was selling merch. And um, there was a guy selling her merch, um, like in the actual booth, because we don't get those booths. We, we like get a table. <laughs> so he was, uh, he said, hey, come here. And I walked over there and he said, hey, I have been with Dion for I can't remember how many years. And he said that um, I have uh, I could truly say that I've only like really, really enjoyed a few of the acts that opened for her. And he said, you're one of them. And I was just like, what? I was, just, I was like, you. I was like, what? That's, yeah, I was great. I was blown away. So Aww. that was the highlight from from that show. It was just like amazing. You know, um, congratulations. Yeah, that was just that was so cool. And uh, so you say other highlights. Well, um, both, both of those gigs led to you being on Detroit morning television shows. Both, That's got to be. A those are all highlights. Yeah, yeah. yeah both. Um, they definitely led to opportunities on Channel 4. Uh Oh, there's one cool one that I love. <laughs> this I don't know if it's on YouTube or if it's on my page, but there there I'm singing this song called uh uh Oh god, it's like um uh it's on that that CD. It's a uh, I can't think of it right now. But anyway, I'm singing your, this Your CD? Yeah, 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 it's Here on this CD. Here, let me help you. <laughs> it is See You Again. Okay. I'm playing See You Again at the Ann Arbor um, festival? No, it, was, it was it was the Ann Arbor it was the Ann Arbor Festival it was a summer festival yeah and um, there was like a Channel Seven I think or Channel Two one of the two and they wanted to do they needed an interview so I got an opportunity to do this interview which I was elated about and so I start playing and it's like they don't have mics like this stuff out there so I'm like trying to play as loud as I can and I start singing this song it's like a love ballad and uh, you know I didn't know what happened. And then I get home and I see the clip and basically they're showing me playing this song. It's called See You Again. And then it fades to the the anchors 
and the anchors are like one of the anchors is like on the table like this she said oh my god and i was just like wow i was like that that was definitely a highlight yeah, yeah. I, I saw that video actually i was watching yeah. that uh, i was just watching everything that was on your website that, that, week or that, so. that was definitely a highlight her I loved reaction it. was very dreamy yeah oh yeah it was god. like yeah i was like oh wow <laughs> her heart with that little moment. yeah so those are those are some highlights and then there are smaller i don't even want to call them smaller but there were other things um like uh, i have the musical mentor his name is leon tembo and when I, when I first started playing music, I was in church. And um, so I feel like, I don't know if I'm an artist yet that can sit down with an agenda that can say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write an album and I wanna write about love songs, or I wanna write about family, or I wanna write about you know, what's going on today. Uh, I've never done that. Like the songs that I write, are almost like given to me. Like I just, I don't know, it's it's a weird kind of uh, exchange. But um, I say all that to say, like I, I when I first started playing, I was playing like these uh, more Christian uh, type songs because that's where my heart was. You know, that's what, that's, that's what I was absorbed in. So, you know, that's what was really overflowing for me. And um, I would look on YouTube and different places and I never saw any black uh artists playing an acoustic guitar it was always an electric guitar or bass or the organ or keys <clears throat> and i saw this guy named leon timbo playing an acoustic guitar and it was just like me and his music even felt like mine and i was like wow and so i didn't know him i was just sending him messages i, I found him on facebook and i would send messages hey check this out no response hey check this out no response and i just do that and then if it turned out that we had a friend in common who at the same time while I was sending him these messages, she was going behind my back and not even telling me and saying, hey, there's this guy in Detroit uh, that I really want you to meet. You two are kind of similar. And um, finally, we we met and it was like, boom, it was like brothers, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, you know, that that is something that's a highlight, you know, just being around somebody like that. And there was another guy named Chuck Toko that was here. He was a Christian artist and we both were on... Um, uh, the the light 1035 mm -hmm. uh same thing so it was like th these weird you would, some people would call them coincidences but they really weren't it was just like my steps going walking up to taylor guitar you know it's just this odd thing i, I always I, I refer to myself jokingly as like the forest gump of music like it just kind of stumbled into it i guess well, i'm glad <laughs> you did <laughs> yeah. i would love to hear another song okay right. what would you like to do um well you know, for a while I was kind of known for some uh, heavy, I'll call them heavy instead of sad. <laughs> it was like these, um, because it's always about my heart and where, what I'm dealing with. And it's, it's just now that I got to a place where I can go through a heavy period and find the joy in it and write about that instead. But this song is, um, uh, it's kind, it's just about, again relationships and when you're with someone and they can't make their mind up or you know and you're, you you just feel like you're being crushed and then all of a sudden you're just numb you don't feel love for them anymore you don't feel anything for them anymore <laughs> you're just numb and so uh, that's what this song is about like a knife to the heart it's tearing me apart, I can't take your indecisiveness no more 
And I can't do right to save my life Caught between a rock and a hard place But I don't feel it anymore I don't feel it anymore I don't feel it anymore Just don't feel it anymore mm. and I couldn't buy my tongue now there's nowhere to run argue just to try to save face yeah heard a slam from the door now I'm pacing the floor trying not to throw it all away but I don't feel it Just don't feel it anymore, yeah. Mm. I don't feel it anymore, no. Just don't feel it anymore, see. Now I'm texting your phone, begging you to come home. It's been at least two days since I heard. Mm. Must be some strong love of his to make you treat me like this. Struck a match, then watch me as I burned. But I don't feel it anymore. Just don't feel it anymore I don't feel it anymore Just don't feel anymore That's numb. Oh. <laughs> I say this from time to time about music and uh, that, that one qualifies for sure. Some songs you hear and some songs you feel. Mm. <laughs> that one... Wow, man. Yeah. I'm saying that because that's got to be yeah. painful memories for you. Yeah. You know what? Uh, you no. Just distance yourself from Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I used, there used to be a time where I get, uh, there's still some songs that'll sweep me up like that. But yeah, for the most part, um, I, I'm thinking about it. But again, that's, yeah, that's in the past. I, I, I used to use this reference where it's like, like the stars, right? I'm not a ast astronomer or anything, <laughs> but like, the light, from my understanding, the light that we see was generated thousands, 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 thousands of years ago, or maybe mm -hmm. even longer. So you're seeing the energy from something that took place a long time ago. And that's what like music is for me sometimes. Like this just took, this took place a while ago and you're just now seeing it now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so sometimes because of that, it's like, um, I can play something that's heavy and not get swept up, you know, too much by it because it's like I'm healed from it almost. Or, you know, the song kind of just, like you said, let me step back from it, you know. So, yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, this has been a really interesting 12 months for most of us, but one of the highlights of the last three months for me was some of the live music I've got to experience online. And mm. I got to say, I was really surprised, first of all, that you were part of a John Prine tribute, but yeah. how well 
like you were one of the highlights of that whole thing. And I would, I that, mean, nothing, I, I just wouldn't expect you to be a John Prine guy for some reason. So tell me about that. That blew me away. So first, anytime the arc asked me to do something, I'm like, yes, please. Yes, please. Yeah. That's just the, that's just the way that it, that, that it is. And, and it's that way because not just because who, what the arc represents, because even though I'm an artist, I'm really disconnected from a lot of things that most artists know. Just because like when I when mu when music happened for me, I was a dad and I was kind of like, you know, in learning about how to take care of a kid and going to work. And yeah. so there's a lot about music that I that I don't know right now, including some of the, the stuff that's in the culture. And so I I didn't really know what the arc represented, but I know how it made me feel. So there was a day I wanted to quit music. Happens a lot, though. But this day I was set on it. I was like, it's, it's done. I'm never doing it. I'm never doing music again. I'm not getting anywhere. And a friend of mine, I was working at this place called Benesis. And uh, he said, uh, hey, I want you to come with me to this uh, concert at the at the Ark. And uh, I said, well, who is it? And he said, um, um, it was Colin Hay. Oh, wow. And I was like, who's Colin Hay? <laughs> and he's like, uh, you know, the, the song, I come from a land down under. And I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, well, I, am I really going to enjoy this, this concert? And he's like, yeah, yes, you will. you're going to laugh your I, butt off. I didn't know much about Colin. Hey, so I went to this concert and first of all, the, the venue itself was just like amazing. I liked it. And I sat down, we were like second row uh, on like on the right side. And I watched this guy with just a guitar. I mean, he had some other instruments up there at times, but he was a one man one man show and he's playing these songs and i was listening to his stories that he told his stories were just as good as the songs his delivery of them he's funny he's hilarious he's he can switch it and give you something so heavy there was a lady in front of me that was just crying when he was singing a song about like some girl who, who like died he went to like it was a love of his and he went to like check on her or something like that and she was gone and this lady was crying and I left that show and I said, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to make people feel something like really intense, like when they're when they're at, at a show. And that's when my love started with the arc. And then the next thing I, I got to do a show at the arc, I opened up for Valerie June. Oh, wow. And that was amazing. Like just that experience blew me away. Being in the green room, seeing all the the people's signatures on the wall that was like i felt like i was a part of like something like i'm a part of this thing that i've been loving all my life this music right and uh so that's where the art came in and now john prying um i have to be honest it was it wasn't until he passed that i learned about him um and once he passed it was on cnn and i was like who's john prying so i looked it up and i started seeing these uh you know videos and these songs and I was blown away by his writing. I was just like, wow, like, wow. And so when I got um, that invitation to do it, uh, I knew exactly the song I wanted to do. I wanted to do Summer's End because yeah. Summer's End, I didn't know what it was about. I just knew how it made me feel. And then to find out that he wrote it for a guy that lost his life to like narcotics, like he, he it was an opioid, I believe, that he died from. Mm. And the watching the video, you know, it's just such a heavy video you know and um once i found out the history of it i was like i really want to do this song because i lost my mother my mother to heroin you know heroin and, and hiv 
So I had a tie there with that song and and uh, which made me go down the even deeper rabbit hole, learning more about him and his tie to the arc and how he, you know, pretty much did that free show way back in the day. It was just like I was so happy to be a part of something like that. So, you really captured that song, too. You did such a great song. I was so nervous about that song because I knew I couldn't do it like him. You weren't supposed to. Right. So, so but I didn't want to disrespect the song by doing it, you know, um, too crazy from well, there's from no point in doing a cover if you're just gonna do it the same way yeah to yeah for you. so That's i tried to keep i try to keep in that wheelhouse but just make it me yeah and i was so nervous about that song i was like i wanted i wanted to keep emailing the arc over and over again i know they were busy because it was a folk festival <laughs> yeah. and i was like did you guys get it yeah we got it okay all right is it plain yeah it's plain okay <laughs> Do you like it? <laughs> you know, the response was really good. I saw a lot of people commenting. It was a good so. response. Yeah, it was. Sure. Yeah, it was a good story too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I was told to ask you your opinion about the new Disney offering, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> the the you mean the series itself? I I am I am over the moon about that. Like I don't even know what it is. So you gotta tell me. <laughs> uh, okay. So I wasn't a comic book guy growing up. Um, so for me everything that's happening is brand new right so um when i first saw uh i'd say i think it was iron man i think iron man might have been the, and i was like what and then and i every, i'm a marvel guy after that we like the marvel ones. yeah so when this when this came out i, I lost my mind i was like because it was a it, i didn't even know it was happening and then I looked up and it was on Disney Plus, so I didn't even have to wait for it. <laughs> so I just I once I watched it, I was like, yes, Marvel is back. I was so excited about it. So yeah, I, I'm I'm in love with that right now. Now I need to go find that for the weekend. Yeah, it's a good watch. It is. Seems unlikely, but I'm also told to ask you about a Paula Abdul cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used it's been so long since I played that. Um it's a, a, a song called Straight Up. I wouldn't even remember how to play that right now, but I did I did my my own version of that. Uh, I can't even remember the chords. One right of my now. previous was, guests, Olivia Deer, used to cover that one too. She, she did a little quick a cappella version of it uh, with her, her boyfriend, her profession. In a train, <laughs> don't know which way to go. Say if you were all that you seem, then maybe I'm moving way too slow. I've been a fool before, but I wouldn't want to. Oh, I can't remember the words now. Yeah, yeah. But I used to, I used to do that a lot, actually. Yeah, it was like to the point where when I did a show somewhere, they'd go. Straight play up. straight up, play straight up. Yeah, yeah. I actually did that at the Valerie June show, and I was so nervous to do that. I was like, I don't know if they're going to respond. And they loved it. <laughs> maybe, maybe I just figured out what I need you to do. So because as I was driving to, to come do this, yeah. and I talked about this before we, we started today, but you, Adam Plummeritas, and Trey Simon together doing something as a trio. That maybe a little be, covers EP. Yeah. Including that, that you guys would be, covering like the harmonies. Yeah. And the, oh, that would, that be, would be pretty cool. The, the, the three voices together with the soulfulness of that all three. That would be pretty that. cool. And, I, oh, man, you got all the guitar chops covered. All yep. I got to do is hit my note at that so, point. <laughs> so when that happens, I just need a little thank you in the credits. Yeah. That's all, that's all I'm looking for. <laughs> so this summer, I mean, yeah. we, we're probably going to have some shows to go to, right? What are your plans for outdoor shows this summer? Do you have any? I, I don't have any right now. But are I'm you going to pursue super, them? Yeah, yeah. Anything that comes up that I've, uh, I, I feel safe. 
um, I definitely want to do. You know, I I've had my eyes on Sonic Lunch forever. If and it I, happens this year, yeah, and I had an opportunity right that same year. It was last year, mm-hmm. and uh, man, I was I, when I got the when I got the email, I lost my mind. Especially when I found out, and I, I don't even know if I could say it. When I found out who I was opening for, I was like, yeah. <laughs> all right, well, the show got canceled anyway. But it got canceled. Who yeah, were you supposed to open for? I was the War and Treaty. Oh my goodness! And I was like, come on, like I've been I've been following oh, them. Yeah, I was so excited so to great. to do that, and. Um, it, it didn't happen. So, yeah. And then there was a, I had a, a jazz show, an hour uh, jazz show put on by Comerica Bank at the library downtown Detroit. That was supposed to happen. Mm. And uh, so that didn't happen. It was so many cool things. But yeah, I'm, I'm ready to do uh, outdoor, outdoor, some outdoor things. Backyard shows. Look into that. Because yeah. I bet some people would book you for house concerts. If yeah. You it out yeah. 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 You yeah. should. Yeah. So I've been um, kind of just trying to get back into the flow. I got to admit, when when COVID showed up on the scene, mm. it sucked the air out of everything that I was doing. I was just worried about, you know, surviving. I was worried about what's going to happen to my job. What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my daughter? What's yeah. going? You know, it was so yeah, much. Sure. And uh, my dad actually caught it, and oh. and and that was terrifying. You know, to watch him. I never seen him like that. You know, he is uh when he came home, you know, I told you where you know he was in prison when he came home, he was this huge like superman type guy. He looked unreal. And um to see him in his 70s scared, you know. Real, I'm sure. Yeah, he didn't want to say he was scared, but you could I mean, he couldn't even talk or respond. It was just like he wasn't even there and he had lost all he had he was so weak that he had to walk with a walker now and he had to have help doing things that, you know, he never had to help. And I was, I was, t- I'm watching him through the phone cause I can't be there. And I'm just going, I'm talking to him, dad, and he's not responding. Dad, dad, I need you to look, look at the camera. You know, you can do this. And man, that scared the life out of me. And I, so dreams, music, that stuff was on the, on the back burner. Sure. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't dig into that and go, okay, this is my time to really, practice and no it wasn't until i could breathe again and that didn't happen for months like months because i was just terrified my my fiance is a um a flight attendant and i was i'm terrified for her terrified for me and my family because if she brings it back it was so much to it you there's know there's still a lot to it there's still there. a lot to it yeah i mean it i can, don't really want to yeah. do an interview with a mask on yeah but i'm doing it because it's the right thing to yeah, do yep yep so thank you for joining me by the way yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really, uh, I'm looking forward to the summer. There is a, a little sense of normalcy that I think we all feel. Mm-hmm. Um, just a snitch. Just, a, just, uh, just enough to make us make us a little happier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. So hopefully some things come up. Great. Yeah. Well, keep in touch with me about that, and we'll see what we can do about uh, telling other people in the process. Yeah, all right. Let's close yeah. that with one more song. What would you like to finish with? Well, you mentioned summer, so I'm going to do a song called Summer Love. All right. Sounds good. Al Bettis is my guest today on Acoustic yeah. Alternatives. This song is uh, um, obviously as a song written. It's really about like starting a new relationship is always awesome. <laughs> but uh, you know you got the butterflies, you got all that good stuff. But um, starting one like in that springtime, that you know you're already feeling euphoria over the weather. <laughs> so this is called some love.
no better way To waste a day Than in each other's arms Our hideaway We'll get lost in each other Acoustic Alternative Summer Love can be found on the listening sessions, the EP that's available, albatismusic.com, digitally available, physically available. I don't know how many copies are left in the world, but I'm glad I have one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad we had a chance to finally meet in person, Alan. It's really yeah, good to it was see really your cool. face and yeah. your eyes and hear your voice singing yeah. just this many feet away from me. Yep, yep, yep. I think uh, that gift that you've been given is, is, is going to last you a while. I hope that you can parlay it into some more really great stories and opportunities like we talked about today. Yeah, I really hope so too. <laughs> Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. Thanks for being part of Acoustic Alternatives. Next week's planned guest is Jason Singer of Michigander. So make sure you keep an eye out for that one. <laughs> 